Sometimes, when you make a bold proclamation, people ask you to back it up. I ended last week making such a proclamation. I will begin this week by backing it up. Welcome to In the Bullpen with Mark Dewey, sponsored by Developing Contenders Ministries. You're listening to the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Thank you for joining us. And look who's coming up. High fly ball into right field. She is gone! Last week at the end of the episode, I was discussing uh, the very prominent presence on social media of two New York Mets pitchers, and in particular, their walkout songs. One was Jacob DeGrom. He was warming up before the top of the first in his start against the Atlanta Braves and blaring through the stadium speakers was Simple Man by Leonard Skinner. The other was Mets closer Edwin Diaz. And the song that is played as he walks through the bullpen, comes out the bullpen gates and jogs to the mound. And I talked about the fact that I liked both of those songs very much and even admitted that Edwin Diaz has to be in the running for the best ever. But then I said something else. I said my 13-year-old son Amos could have potentially the best walk-up or walk-out song in baseball history. I'm going to make my case for that comment in a minute. But first, I need to deal with the most significant news that has come out of Major League Baseball in the past week. We found out on Friday that Fernando Tatis Jr., who was in the minor leagues, engaged in rehab games, getting ready to come to the Padres for the first time this season. We found out he will not be playing for San Diego the remainder of this season. And that would include the postseason if the Padres get into it. Also, he will not be playing for the Padres for the first quarter of the 2023 season. I believe it's the first 42 games. And that is the case because he has been suspended by Major League Baseball for 80 games for PED use. And also, as an aside, but an important aside, this means he is not eligible next March to play in the World Baseball Classic for his home country of the Dominican Republic. Now, Tatis Jr. gave his explanation for how and why he tested positive. Few, if any, are believing it. But whatever the case may be, he's done. I don't know what his walk-up song is, but he and we won't be hearing it until well into the 2023 season. And so now let's talk about walk-up songs. Imagine, now batting, number 13, Amos Dewey. So that clip is like 10 or 11 seconds. It's a perfect length, if he was a batter, to be announced and walk from the on-deck circle and to the batter's box without delaying the game at all. Perfect. But what if you were a pitcher? A pitcher coming out of the bullpen. Maybe even a closer. Now he's got the time to come out of the bullpen gates, jog to the mound, and have his eight warm-up pitches. 
which gives time for the whole song to be played. Yeah, here comes Amos. Amos Moses was a Cajun. He lived by himself in the swamp. They hunted alligator for living. It just knock him in the head with a stone. The Louisiana law gon' get you, Amos. It ain't legal hunting alligator down in the swamp, boy. Now everybody blames this old man for making him mean as a snake. When Amos Moses was a boy, his daddy would use him for alligator bait. Tie a rope around his waist and throw him in the swamp. made my case, and I trust you see that it is a good one. Now, I believe Jerry Reed recorded that song in the early 70s, but the way it's set up, it's almost as if he was thinking about Major League Baseball walkout songs. And here's what I find interesting. It was two weeks ago that this was going around social media, but this past week, even through yesterday, it continued to be the subject of much talk. And and I think maybe it was prompted by my claim. Okay, so it was likely prompted by what we saw of Jacob deGrom and Edwin Diaz the week before. But I saw a number of things, one of which was somebody ranking the top 10 all-time songs for closers. And on this list, Edwin Diaz ranked number three. Can you guess number one and number two? I'll give you a hint. They are both Hall of Famers. If you're my age you know both men very, very well. Number two was Trevor Hoffman, who came out to Hell's Bells by ACDC. Now, the fact that I played in the National League my whole career, much of it in the National League West, and Trevor Hoffman was with the Padres, I heard that song a lot. But the number one song I never heard in person. It is Enter Sandman by Metallica, And that was the song played for Mariano Rivera. Now, walkout songs have been around for a very long time. In my lifetime, the first one I can remember significantly or or very clearly 
is Rubber Band Man, which the Pirates would play when Kent Tocolvi came out of the bullpen in the late 70s. But they were around even before then, but not nearly as prominent as today. And people have asked me about my walkout songs. The first time I can remember having one, I did not choose it. It was in 1990. I was in AA with Shreveport. And when I came to close out games, I was there half the season. So the first five or six weeks, they played one song. And then the last four or five or six weeks, they played a second song. The first song that they played was Bad to the Bone by George Thorogood. Then they switched to Wild Thing. And that was because the movie Major League had come out about a year or so before that. The first time I had a song that I actually chose wasn't until 1995. I remember Glenn Allen Hill coming through the clubhouse in San Francisco, coming up to each of us. What do you want your walkout song to be? And so in 95 and 96 with the Giants, I had one of my own choosing. And it was Full Force Gale by Van Morrison. Now, how about this? When I was a pitching coach in the Florida State League, there was a pitching coach who had a walkout song, a pitching coach. Now, This pitching coach had been a major league pitcher and had been a pitching coach for decades, including the major leagues. His name is Daryl Knowles. He was the pitching coach for high ball for the Blue Jays, which was in Dunedin. And when we played in Dunedin, every time he came to make a visit to the mound, they would play his song. I don't remember the song. I do remember it was a country song. But I thought, you're you're ranking up there if as a pitching coach you have a walkout song. But now let's look at some things that actually take place in the game. A number of highlights from yesterday. I want to touch on three. First, Drew Rasmussen, starting pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays, had a perfect game against the Baltimore Orioles through eight innings yesterday. He gave up a leadoff double down the third baseline to begin the ninth, and that closed out his bid for a perfect game. Interestingly, The last perfect game in Major League Baseball history was 10 years ago today. Pitched by Felix Hernandez of the Seattle Mariners against the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, I had the privilege of getting to know Drew Rasmussen because he was drafted and came up through the system for the Milwaukee Brewers before being traded to the Rays. He is obviously a very good pitcher. He is an outstanding young man. He is an extremely hard worker, and I'm very happy to see his success, including the almost historic success of yesterday. Speaking of yesterday, speaking of historic success, yesterday, Albert Pujols hit two home runs against the Milwaukee Brewers. He is now at 689 home runs in his 22-year Major League career. And he has already said this is his final season. So with just a little bit less than two months left in the season, can he hit 11 more home runs? Can he join Bonds, Aaron, and Ruth as the only players in Major League Baseball history to hit 700 or more home runs? I, for one, hope that he can. Finally yesterday, the Dodgers had their 12-game winning streak snapped. They lost yesterday to the Kansas City Royals. On Saturday, Jacob deGrom made his third start of the season for the New York Mets. Remember, these three starts are coming after he had not pitched in the major leagues for over a year. 
And on Saturday, he pitched against the Phillies. Six innings, two hits, no runs, no walks, 10 strikeouts. And in his three starts back, DeGrom has been so dominant that it looks like it's the batters that he's facing who haven't played in the major leagues for over a year, not him. So far, 16 and two-thirds innings pitched, six hits, one walk, 28 strikeouts, a 1.62 ERA, a 0.42 whip, walks and hits per inning pitched. He and Scherzer as a one-two punch, Edwin Diaz as a closer, makes the Mets very formidable now and in the postseason. Last week, I encouraged you to attend minor league baseball games. And I said, if you live close to a minor league team, to try to attend them often. If you live in Amarillo, Texas, or that area, maybe you decided to follow my advice. And you took in a game on Wednesday as the result of my encouragement. And if so, then you were one of the more than 5,100 fans that witnessed something very special on Wednesday night. 2-2 from Teller. Fly ball. Pretty well hit to left. Will it stay fair? Diaz runs out of room, and it is gone. A two-run home run for Chandler Redmond to the opposite field. Just throw one over the middle and hope it works out for you here. 3-1. He did there. Let's just say Redmond didn't miss it. Another opposite field blast, this time a grand slam for Chandler Redmond. Ball tracking is consistent with a left fielder. And you have to talk too. Driven to left center field. Chandler Redmond, three homer day, leaves the yard. And now it is 15 to 4. 1 1 pitch. High drive, right field. He just did it. Chandler Redmond, four home runs in four straight innings. He just hit for the home run cycle for Springfield. What an absolutely amazing performance by Chandler Redman, who plays for the Springfield Cardinals, the AA affiliate of the St. Louis Cardinals. The home run cycle means he hit a solo home run, two-run homer, three-run homer, and grand slam. And it was impressive. His first home run was down the left field line. His second home run to left field, third home run to left center field, and his final home run to right center field. It was impressive. And only one other time in the modern era has somebody hit for a home run cycle. And it was done last, and the only other time, on July 27, 1998, by Tyrone Horn. Tyrone Horn was playing for the Arkansas Travelers. The Arkansas Travelers at that time was the AA affiliate for the St. Louis Cardinals. So what are the chances that the only two times in the modern era that a home run cycle has been hit for, that in both cases, it was a player for the AA affiliate of the St. Louis Cardinals. I say, what are the chances? Oftentimes I joke with my family when we're talking about whether it's rain or anything else. I say, well, the chances are 50-50. Either it will or it won't. And we have fun with that. But the reality is, when we're talking about something like this, looking back at it after the fact, the chances are 100%. God is providentially working all of these things out. He's writing these kinds of stories. And he's written another great story that we heard about last week. The call-up of a young man named Winton Bernard 
He was called up to the Colorado Rockies. Winton Bernard was a 35th round pick in 2012 by the San Diego Padres. He has spent 11 seasons in minor league baseball, 863 games, 3,854 plate appearances. He's played in the minor leagues for five different major league baseball organizations. He's played in independent ball, and I believe he's also played in foreign baseball leagues. As uh, my teammates, you know, they always they always known me for taking a little nap before the game just to get my mind right. So I'm in there about to fall asleep, and Schaefer calls a meeting. I'm like, oh gosh, we got another meeting coming. <laughs> and so uh, I stand up, and you know, Schaefer goes after 11 hard minor league seasons. Winton Bernard's going to the show, and I just kept replaying it in my mind all night last night. Um, my teammates all were super supportive. Everybody's coming up to me, giving me so much love. And that's, I think that's what made it so special. I mean, I've been working so hard for this, and I'm just so excited to go today. Yes, and he went up, and on Friday in his first game was one for three with a single and stolen base. And then after the game in Colorado, went into the stands to sign autographs. Now, the game itself, it was Arizona at Colorado, had no significance at all as it regards the playoff picture. Neither of these teams have any chance of being in the postseason this year. But it had tremendous significance for a young man and this young man's mother. And and if you get a chance, go on social media and listen to the phone call he had with his mother. It's very, very encouraging and, and enjoyable to listen to. As soon as he was told by his AAA manager that he was going to the big leagues, he immediately called his mother. This is truly a feel-good story. And it is because... I think all people recognize hard work and perseverance and the goodness of it, and then to reap the fruit of that hard work and perseverance. And I tell you what, to spend 11 years in minor league baseball, to continue to work hard, to persevere, is a great story. And one we can all learn from, whether we're in baseball or not. Now, earlier in the week, the Diamondbacks were also again involved, or I guess I should say first involved, in a game that lacked any importance as it regards playoff ramifications, but yet a very noteworthy event took place in the game. And like with the Rockies, the event took place with somebody on the opposite team. So the Diamondbacks were playing against the Pittsburgh Pirates, and an event took place that I found very disconcerting. And so did many others. The Diamondbacks were hosting the Pirates. It was the top of the fourth. Rodolfo Castro, who had recently been called up from AAA to Pittsburgh, walked. And then there was a single. And he hustled from first to third on that single, made a headfirst slide into third base, and was called safe. But Castro slides into third. His phone comes out of his pocket. Now that's a first. And there's Adam Hammer. Dude, your phone is down. Hey, right there. (laughs) Yes. So the third base umpire had to tell him and show him, hey, by the way, there's your cell phone laying in the baseline. This is a violation of Major League Baseball rules. There are to be no electronic devices in the dugout or on the field. The last I read, Major League Baseball was looking into the incident. There could be a penalty forthcoming, 
But as of this morning, I haven't seen any announcement about either of those two things. Now, Castro said it was unintentional. He said he just forgot that he, that he had his cell phone in his pocket. I'm not sure how that can happen. I'm not sure how a person wouldn't notice a cell phone in the back pocket of his baseball uniform. And I'm not sure why he had it there. If it wasn't an accident, if it was intentional, why? Did he want to take a selfie when he got to third base? Did he want to tweet out something when there was a break in the action? I have no earthly idea. But I'm fairly confident that he didn't have the phone in his back pocket so he could listen to this music. Now, I'm not picking on Castro. I don't know whether it was intentional or accidental that the phone was in his back pocket. And I'm not focusing just on him. I'm not isolating him out. I'm using him and the incident that happened with him as an indication of some bigger problems or big problems in Major League Baseball. And not only Major League Baseball, all levels of baseball. This past week, I saw a lot of video from the Little League World Series. I regularly see video from youth baseball, in particular, travel baseball. And what I see is a lack of respect. A lack of respect as well as a lack of humility and discipline, among other things. This past week, one lifetime baseball coach, he's coached from the collegiate level down, put this on Twitter. Our baseball culture is losing grip of the word sportsmanship. I agree. Many people agree. Some are saying, well, sportsmanship is what it is at any given time. Sportsmanship today looks different than it did 20 years ago, differently than it did 40 years ago. To a degree, I can agree with that. But we must recognize there is objective respect, objective humility, objective discipline, objective sportsmanship. And we have to determine what it is. Now, maybe it would be a good idea for every major league team, every minor league team, for that matter, every baseball team from the big leagues to the little leagues to post this quote from Derek Jeter somewhere in the dugout, in the clubhouse, wherever. Here's the quote from Jeter. This is a game that requires sacrifice, dedication, discipline, and focus. It's a game of failure. It teaches you teamwork. It teaches you humility. There is no individual bigger than the game. Or how about this from David Cohn? He put this out on Twitter the past in this past week. Every year, we all need a reminder that the Major League Baseball season is a marathon. Character matters. Personalities matter. Toughness matters. Things that can't be quantified matter. I, for one, and I'm not alone, I, for one, might want to see these words from Derek Jeter or Coney posted far and wide. But it appears that I and those who agree with me would be outnumbered by the people who prefer listening to the music of Toby Keith. I want to talk about me. I want to talk about I. I want to talk about number one. Oh my, me, mine. What I think. What I like. 
what I know, what I want, what I see. I want to talk about me. But that's a conversation for another day. Join us next time for In the Bullpen on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Thank you for listening.